Welcome to the Ransom Life Podcast. Ransom Life is a nonprofit in San Antonio, Texas, and our vision is to see every exploited youth redeemed and restored. Our mission is to equip and empower exploited youth to experience freedom and purpose, and we accomplish this through mentoring, counseling, and awareness. Our hope for this podcast is to bring you information on child sex trafficking that is easy to listen to and easy to share. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ransom Life podcast. My name is James, and as always, I'm joined with Teresa. And we're so glad that you're here with us for another episode. And uh, we appreciate all of you that have been listening throughout uh, these first few months of us putting this uh, podcast together. Uh, We've had great feedback and we've got uh, a good number of people that have been listening to this. So we greatly appreciate you listening to it and sharing it with your friends and family. And uh, we uh, had some great feedback on the most recent series we did on how child sex trafficking happens. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, we were talking about uh, how traffickers use relationships, how they use sextortion, sugaring, uh, familial trafficking, gang trafficking. And uh, if you haven't heard of any of those terms before, I would encourage you to go back and uh, take a look at some of those first episodes with, that we did. But uh, today we're starting a new series and it's going to be on pornography. And uh, it's an uncomfortable uh, subject to talk about, uh, but we feel like it's important to address it head on. And uh, we want to talk about how pornography is tied to child sex trafficking. And uh, as we're talking about this, our hope is not to shame anyone to stop watching pornography. Uh, we don't want to shame anybody. We want to bring people information so that they can make the choice on their own uh, what they choose to click or not click. And uh, so before we get started, like uh, we like we like to do, uh, Sresa, can you tell us a little bit about uh, like a refresher on what child sex trafficking is? Sure. But before I do that, I want to just say, please don't click off now that we've told you that we're talking about pornography. Um Like James was saying, uh, it is a touchy subject, but it needs to be addressed and we need to talk about it. So it does not matter if you watched pornography last night or this morning or wherever you are. Um, We just want to bring information so that you can be a lot more informed on the choices that you're making. Um, So yes, to start with, child sex trafficking is the buying and selling of children, so under the age of 18, for the purpose of sexual services. So there has to be some exchange of something of value for it to be considered trafficking. All right, very good. And so as we're talking about pornography, whenever there's a child that is being uh, filmed for pornography, whether it's a picture or whether it's a a video, uh, at what point does it turn from child pornography into child sex trafficking? So this is a hard question. Um, there's a lot of gray area in this. Um, and sometimes even depends on the, uh, judge with the case. Um, so the actual filming and pictures is considered exploitation of a minor. Um, it is considered pornography, um, but it does not turn into trafficking until there is some exchange of something worth of value. Like I mentioned in the definition, there has to be um, the buying or selling. There has to be something in exchange for value for those videos or for those images for it cons- to be considered uh, child sex trafficking through the use of pornography. 
And to start off this series on pornography uh, that we're talking about, uh, we're going to be going over some points that we go over in our Exposed presentation that Ransom Life puts together. And if you haven't heard of Exposed, it's a presentation where we talk about the ties between child sex trafficking and pornography. Uh, but to start off the episode here, I'm going to uh, go over a question that we get asked a lot in that Exposed presentation. And that question is, does a person support child sex trafficking when they watch porn? And uh, that could be a difficult question to answer. Uh, like Sarace was saying, uh, with the court cases, it depends a lot upon the judge and how they interpret the law. Here uh, with this question, there's a lot of opinions that are involved because some people can have the opinion that even if you are uh, watching what some might consider casual pornography, you're still contributing to child sex trafficking. But there's a, I think it comes down to what is pornography and uh, what, how do you view pornography? Some people think they're only watching pornography if they are going on a porn website to look up porn and watch people have sex on a porn website. I don't think that's necessarily the case, though, because uh, pornography is any uh, anything that uh, causes sexual arousal, whether it be a TV show, a movie or a billboard. Uh, there's a lot of times in the Netflix series and even in HBO, uh, they have like Game of Thrones. There's from what I understand, there's porn, there's sex scenes, there's nudity uh, that would be considered pornography. And uh, that's uh, it's important to understand that that uh, that whatever is uh, bringing people sexual arousal that can be considered pornography. And there's also, I think a good nuance to add to that is that written material can also be considered pornography can be considered, um, sexually arousing. We've had that question before also on the exposed presentation. Um, if written material, that's basically, I mean, the same thing as movies, graphic sex scenes, um, nudity, that that also is considered can be considered pornography. Right. And that so the question is, is it possible to consume porn without directly funding or supporting child sex trafficking? And uh, I think technically, yes, it is possible. Uh, but what we'll talk about in one of these episodes to come and what we talk about in the exposed presentation is that uh it's still harmful. Even if there's somebody watching uh, what some might consider casual pornography, it's uh, very easy. It's a slippery slope to get from that point to the next level, to the next level, to the next level. And ultimately, someone could either directly be uh, seeking out child pornography or someone could even directly be seeking out a child to have sex with. And we'll talk about that more later. Uh, but what we will look at today is that uh, with porn websites, uh, whether it be Pornhub or any of the other popular uh, porn websites, it's possible to be indirectly watching child pornography or supporting it without you even knowing it. And that's why we want to talk about this. And that's why we want to bring awareness to this. And uh, before I go any further, I will say also that a reason that I'm passionate about this is because I was exposed to pornography at the age of 13. And some would say that's the average age of pornography exposure. Uh, but some would even say that nowadays, the first, uh, the average pornography exposure is at the age of eight. And that's a that's a dangerous thing with children having phones and tablets and laptops. Uh, but for me, it was the age of 13 and I believe it was on uh, an HBO type uh, TV show or HBO type network that uh, I accidentally saw something that I shouldn't have been seeing, which set me onto the next step onto the next step. And it's something that was with me as I was growing up uh, throughout my teenage years and into my young adult life. And uh, luckily, I was never to the point where I was seeking out directly child pornography. Uh, but I can't help but think uh, how many times I was accidentally, indirectly, either supporting child pornography or actually indirectly, not even knowing it, watching child pornography. 
And that's why we're talking about this. That's why we're passionate about this, because we need to spread this awareness, because there's a lot of, uh, like I was saying, porn websites that take on a YouTube style approach with their content that they have available on their uh, websites. And what I mean by that is that uh, with YouTube, anyone with an email address can create an account and start posting uh, videos. And that's how a lot of porn websites are. Uh, Pornhub is uh, in the news a lot today. And that's something that they got in trouble for is uh, allowing people to, uh, whether they knew it or in quotes, they didn't know it, allowing people to post child pornography onto their website. And so uh, that's one of the changes that Pornhub has made recently um, is that they took away the ability for anyone to be able to upload videos. Uh, now to be able to upload a video, you have to be a verified user and uh, they have a whole process to go through with that. Uh, but another thing that uh, Pornhub had and what other porn websites have is they have a download button. And that's something that's a little bit different from YouTube. With YouTube, uh, you can't directly download the videos from YouTube. But with uh, websites like Pornhub and the other porn websites, they used to have a button where you could push download. And uh, that's something that Pornhub has recently taken away. But that was a problem because somebody could post a video of child pornography onto Pornhub. And then at that point, anyone can just go on there and click the download button. And then they have child pornography saved on their computer. And then the person that is being exploded in that video might come up and say, hey, Pornhub, I need you to take this down. And Pornhub might um, take it down. They might not take it down, depending on the situation. But if they do take it down, that video is still out there for everybody that had pushed that download button. And anyone can re-upload that video to Pornhub. And so that was a, a major thing that Pornhub got in trouble for. And uh, that's something they've changed. But there's other porn websites that are doing the same thing. I think that that's a good point and something really important to note, like when working with survivors, um, I was having a conversation with a survivor a few years ago and um, her comment was that she would almost rather um, be exploited over and over again in person, like physical, actual um, encounters with people buying or purchasing some sexual act from her than to have her video or image out there um, in the world of pornography. Um, she did have video and images that were taken of her against her will uh, that are out in the world of pornography. And her comment was, now that I am out of this life, um, that video and that image is constantly being used over and over and over again and it's like i'm being exploited every single time that someone is viewing that image in that video um and so it's really important to just to think about the person on the other side of that camera um that those survivors that those images or videos were taken against their will that's out there forever like james was saying it could be maybe it was taken down off of pornhub but it's downloaded on how many like who knows how many computers um and it's still being used still being exploited um anyway so i i thought that her her point was very eye-opening yeah that's good and you might be listening to this and be wondering okay so uh, just because somebody posts a video on uh, Pornhub or wherever, whatever uh, porn website, uh, how does that become child sex trafficking? Well, it becomes child sex trafficking because there's money being made off of those videos. For every video that's uh, on their webpage, uh, there's advertisements that are tied to those videos. 
and there's money being made off of those videos based off of how many people are watching those videos. Uh, just like the Super Bowl. How does the NFL make money off of the Super Bowl? One of the main reasons is because they sell the Super Bowl uh, commercials, the ad space. And uh, they sell it for so much. They sell it for millions and millions of dollars for the Super Bowl because there are that there are so many people that are have their eyes on the TVs watching the Super Bowl. That's the same idea with these porn uh, websites and with uh, these uh, videos that traffickers are posting is that there's money to be made whenever people are watching these uh, videos. And with, um, with Pornhub and their unverified users that anyone that uh, back when they were able to just get on the website and uh, with an email address, they can upload a video. That person directly wasn't necessarily making money. Uh, but what they are doing is uh, Pornhub is making money off of the advertisements. But then that also that person is creating interest and driving demand for more child pornography. And uh, that's important to note. And these traffickers, they get uh, they get crafty with uh, how they do it. They might find a, a child that they're exploiting, whether it be a boy or a girl that might look like they're young, but they might look like they're uh, the age of 18. And so they'll go on uh, these porn websites and say, uh, barely legal porn and there are people that look up barely legal or 18 year old porn there's people that look that up and uh, that person might actually be 18 that's uh, being exploited in that video or they might be a minor and whether that minor is either willingly or unwillingly uh, involved in this video that in and of itself is child pornography and if there's money being made off of it it's child sex trafficking i would say a lot of the times that those barely legal videos they are probably under 18. Um, and like James was saying that the click becomes the currency. And so each time you're clicking on something, it is a currency because of the advertisements and because of the demand that's driving it. Um, and so my question a lot of times is, are you, are you willing to risk by clicking on pornography um, that you are involved in child sex trafficking? or that you are supporting it in some form through that click currency. Um, that's, that's always my question. If you're passionate about child exploitation, child um, sex trafficking, wanting to end that, you think that um, it should not be happening, um, that's, that's my question. Are you willing to risk that by viewing pornography and by indirectly or directly supporting child sex trafficking? Yeah. One of the quotes that we have in the exposed presentation that came from a video that we play uh, within that uh, presentation is you can't protest a corrupt politician and then donate to their campaign. That's the same thing as pornography. You can't say you're against child sex trafficking, but still uh, support these businesses like Pornhub and like any other uh, porn website that allows child sex trafficking to happen within their website. And uh, I'll also say that um, one in Pornhub's defense, one of the things that they were saying, they you can go and listen to all of uh, what they had to say in defense of uh, as they were defending themselves. But one thing they were saying is that um, they're not a porn website; they're a social media website, just like Facebook, just like YouTube, just like Twitter. And uh, they consider themselves uh, Pornhub. They were considering themselves a leader in these social media outlets because they were taking these steps to keep. Uh, child exploitation from happening supposedly and uh, so they're saying that there's 
Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, there's all sorts of child pornography that's being posted on all of those social media outlets. Why are people coming on to Pornhub and getting mad at us for uh, doing what we're doing? And so they were making that defense. I don't think that defense holds up. They're still, they still, uh, for the most part, they knew what was going on and they didn't take those steps necessary to end it because there was a lot of money to be made in it. And that, that's important to understand. Well, and to James's point, it doesn't matter the platform. <laughs> uh, we talk about Pornhub a lot just because they are in the news a lot lately. Um, but there are thousands of different websites. And to that same point, yes, there are videos and images on other social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Absolutely. There is child pornography on those platforms. I'll say watch TikTok for 10 minutes and you'll come across a it's teenager uh, dancing around in a sexually explicit way. <laughs> it's all over the place. Yeah. So it doesn't matter the platform. Um, so don't, you know, throughout all of this, don't get caught up on the platform <laughs> um, just because it doesn't matter the platform. It's out everywhere. Um, it just matters the content and then what you are willing to participate in or not participate in what you're wanting to support and not support. Yeah. And if you're uh, listening to this and you feel like this is something you're struggling with, with, uh, I'm, I can relate with you. This was something I was struggling to end myself. Uh, if you want help with this, feel free to reach out to us with Ransom Life uh, or even find an organization in your area or online that is uh, well known for uh, helping people uh, break these addictions and uh, help them on their path to recovery. And uh, we're, we're passionate about this and just bringing this education out and helping people find that freedom and find healing from uh, addiction that's so easily to fall into. Uh, but that's uh, all we have today. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more in the episodes to come about addiction and about recovery and uh, dive even deeper into pornography and how uh, it's all related to child sex trafficking. Uh, but we'll cut this episode off here. If this was helpful for you, please uh, make sure that you share this with a friend, a friend or a family member that uh, would benefit from hearing this. Or even, I find a lot of the people that attend our uh, pornography presentation is women. And of course, this is helpful information for women, but this is very much helpful information for men as well. So share it with a, a man in your life that uh, needs to hear this message. We would uh, greatly appreciate you spreading that word and bringing awareness because you are making a difference when you bring awareness. Uh, so that that's all we have. Thank you so much. We'll uh, be with you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found this information helpful, please subscribe to our channel and share with your family and friends. Our goal is to educate as many people as possible in hopes of ending child sex trafficking. For more information about Ransom Life, please visit our website at ransomlifetexas.org.